2 Timothy 2, verses 23 through 26. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may come to know the truth. Verse 26, that they may come to their senses and escape the snares of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Thank you, Craig. Children, you are dismissed to uh, dance class or whatever it is you guys do. <laughs> I thought we would. I thought it was like a Bible lesson and stuff, but I'm not sure now. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your word. We pray that you'd help us. We are, um, most of us probably, are afraid of, of speaking the truth in love uh, to, to people in our lives that we know need to hear it. We're, we're afraid of, of sharing the gospel with people that we, even people that we care about, we know they don't believe it, we think they don't believe it, and so I pray that you would use our time um, together this morning just to, just to strengthen us, encourage us, um, convict us if we need to be convicted, uh, comfort us if we need to be comforted. God, I pray that you would help us now as we look into your word, in Christ's name, amen. I, um, I think often about... Um, Probably not often enough, but I think a lot about uh, the kind of uh, the kind of dad I am, and I thought about it a little bit when I was reading these verses this week, when when um, Paul is talking to Timothy about correcting his opponents with gentleness, correcting his opponents with gentleness, um, and uh, there's a lot of correcting that happens as a father. I'm I'm correcting my little um, opponents. <laughs> Um, um, a lot. I do a lot of I do a lot of opponent correcting, and um, and I want to do it with gentleness. Paul's not talking about parenting here. He's talking about he's talking about when we speak to people who don't um, know and follow Jesus, who aren't who, who aren't believers. Uh, but I think about gentleness as a as a dad. Um, I, I want my kids to know the truth, and I want them to hear what they need to hear, but I also want them to know that they are, they are loved, and they are safe as well. I, I know um, some people, uh, you know, I've got, I've got a friend, and he and his wife grew up in very different homes. One, one grew up in a home where they heard a lot of correction, um, but they never really felt like their parents loved them. And then the other, 
the other um, the other one grew up in a home where they never had any correction. They felt like their parents loved them, but they never had any correction. So they weren't. They, they went into life thinking they were way more competent than they actually were, way more mature than they actually were. As a parent, right? We want to we want to have both. We want to correct with gentleness. We want to make sure that our children know that we love them, and we also want to make sure that they know the truth. They know the expectations. They know how life really is. They know what the Word of God says and what it means. Correcting with gentleness is where it's at. That's our goal. And especially here, Paul is talking about that's our goal with the people in our lives who are not following Jesus. The people in our lives who don't believe the Gospel and aren't living for the glory of God. So right now, you can think of people in your life who need correction. They need Gospel correction. They need someone to come along and speak the truth to them. You can think of people in your life right now that that's the situation they're in. The Gospel makes life awkward for us, doesn't it? It makes life awkward for us. I um, am already kind of an awkward person, so my life is already kind of awkward. uh, My relationships are already kind of strange because I'm just kind of a strange person. But what makes it even more difficult, awkward, is that I know something and I believe something that everyone needs to know and everyone needs to believe. I believe a truth that everyone needs to believe. But then I know a lot of people who don't believe it. And so, I don't want opponents. I don't need any more opponents. I don't, I don't want to be at odds with people. But I naturally am. Because the, the most fundamental, important part about me, I don't share with them. I love Jesus, and they do not. And so we're different. And we're different in the most important way possible. And so whether it makes me feel awkward or not doesn't really matter. The fact is plain. My life includes a bunch of people who need correction. So my goal, and in the command from Paul, is to correct my opponents with gentleness. That's Paul's command for me, for for any pastor or teacher, but it also goes for anyone who is going to follow Jesus. To be a disciple of Jesus means that we want to make more disciples of Jesus. So this is for all of us to be correcting our opponents with gentleness. How do we do that? Paul, in these few verses, is going to give us five guidelines. This passage gives us five guidelines for correcting our opponents with gentleness. Five guidelines for correcting our opponents with gentleness. Let's think through these together. Number one, we are to stay away from foolish arguments. Guideline number one, stay away from foolish arguments. 
Verse 23 and then the beginning of verse 24 says, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone. We are to stay away from foolish arguments. If we're going to be kind and gentle people, then we have to keep this mindset in us, that we want to win the person, not win an argument. Our human nature flips this switch so quickly. We love to argue. We love to be right. We love to win. We, we love the satisfaction with just knowing that we are smarter, that we have, an, we have the inside track, that we know things that they don't know. Some of you know this about me. Um, some of you, I've hidden it really well, and so you don't know this about me, but some of you do know this about me. I can be a, uh, a, a snarky jerk sometimes. I can, I can, I can um, say something that I think is funny, but it actually is just cruel. Let's imagine this scenario. Let's imagine that you were all in on essential oils. Now, if you're thinking, if you're thinking, what is an essential oil? You and I got to be friends. We should hang out more. Let's just, we'll just hang out. If you're thinking, I love essential oils, then, then this will be, you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this, hopefully. Let's say that you're a, that you're just, that you're a, you're an evangelist for essential oils. You have seen the light, they have changed your life, and you are proselytizing, right? You are just, you're going about the world with the good news of essential oils. And, and you know that they would help me. You know they would help me. You're thinking, you're thinking, in my cabinet, I have an essential oil for anybody, including Steve. I have one that would help him, that would change him, that would make him into a better person. You're a believer. They help you. So you try to convince me. Now I've warned you, I can be a bit of a snarky jerk sometimes, and so it's possible, it's possible that, that this skepticism would come out of me. I'm not saying I'm skeptical, skeptical about, I can't even say skeptical, so uh, I'm not saying I'm skept, 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 skeptical about um, essential oils. I'm, I'm not saying that, but we, we're just pretending I am for a minute. Um, if, I, if, you, if you try to help me, try to do something good for me, you say, you've got to try this, Steve. And I say something snarky and sarcastic and mean and cruel and true. I mean, and, and, and unhelpful. I say, and what's going to happen in your heart, in your human nature, is you're going to stop proclaiming the good news of essential oils out of love for me, and you're going to start proclaiming it out of just trying to prove that I'm an idiot and you're right. That's what happens in us. This urge to ta- takes over, this urge to prove a point. To win an argument. This happens with us in our, in our gospel conversations as well. We, we stop trying to win the soul and we, we stop being gentle and kind and patient and we get arrogant and we get defensive and we start to try to win arguments. We get into these, we get into these controversies that do not matter. We start picking apart everything they say. We stop trying to just proclaim the truth and we start to try to win the argument. We stop trying to win the person. We start to try to win the argument. My heart flips to that so quickly. Let's avoid that. 
Let's stay away from foolish arguments. If we're going to correct our opponents with gentleness, we have to stay away from foolish arguments. Number two, we must be kind to everyone. Verse 24, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone. My, my, um, because, because, uh, um, uh, Maribeth plays basketball. She played a few years for Lincoln, um, and she's playing for Lakeland Christian now. I've been in a lot of, of elementary schools, and I've been in a lot of middle schools, and they all say the same thing on their brightly colored bulletin boards. They all say, choose kindness, be kind. They just, because, because elementary kids need to be reminded to be kind, because they can be cruel. Middle schoolers are worse. They can, they can be cruel. Adults need to be reminded to be kind. Be kind. People are watching you. People are watching you. If you are going to say that you have been changed by the kindness of God, if you're going to talk about the grace and the kindness of God to you, people are going to watch how you Treat others. I got, um, I picked up Haddon. Haddon is our almost two-year-old. And she is, she's great. She's, she's funny. She's intuitive. She's a copier. She, she's very observant. She's always watching us. I picked her up out of the van. I got her out, out of the van, out of her car seat. And I, we were walking up somewhere. And she went, she went, she looked at the ground and went, Pfft. she spit on the ground. And she does that because she knows that's what I'm going to do. When I, when I get out of a vehicle and I'm out and just, the, you know, just walking through a driveway or a parking lot or some other appropriate place, I just spit on the ground. And, I, and people say you shouldn't do that. And I say that too. My, my wife won't let me. She always says, you should spit more. And <laughs> I, I, want to, I want to quit, but we'll be walking somewhere. She goes, you want to spit, don't you? You should just do it. And so... It's not my fault. Um, I think that's how the conversation went. I don't remember now. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, I'm, ah, maybe I'm getting it confused. Um, Haddon watches me. And she spit because she knew I was going to do it. Oh, this is the time to spit. We're out of the van. People pay attention to us. People pay close attention to us. And if I am going around talking about the wonderful grace and kindness of God in the Gospel, but then I'm just rude to people, and impatient, and arrogant, and defensive, and short-tempered. I'm always getting offended. While I'm also claiming that I've been changed by the kindness of God. That's, that's the opposite of what Paul says when he tells us to live a life that's worthy of the Gospel. It's like me telling you, I know the secret to becoming an incredible basketball player. And then you come and you watch me play once and you're like, I don't want that secret. You just keep that secret to yourself. Whatever it is that got you to where you are, you just keep it. I don't want it. Let's be kind to everyone. 
Here's the third guideline. Number three, communicate the truth clearly. Communicate the truth clearly. Verse 24 again says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach. And then he's going to go on later to say, correcting our opponents with gentleness. He, he's, he's going to talk over and over and over about the Gospel. He's going to talk over and over about the a Gospel. What, what you have heard from me at the beginning of chapter 2. From me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. He's going to say, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, as preached in my Gospel. The Word of God is not bound. This saying is trustworthy. Remind them of these things. Tell people the truth. Tell them the truth. Communicate it clearly. Know the truth of the Gospel so well that you can communicate it clearly. We can be polite and patient and kind all day long, and if we don't communicate the truth clearly, it's all for nothing. Uh, some of us are better at talking than others. Some of us can say the word skeptical, you know, and, and, and it comes out right um, 100% of the time. I'm batting like 50% today. Some of us can talk better than others. Some of us, some of us can handle more friendships than others can. We're just with the way we're wired, we don't have bandwidth for, for 15 really good friends that can just pop by any time and talk to us about whatever for hours. We, we're, we're all different. We're all different. But all of us, all of us know and probably know pretty well at least a few people who need the truth of the Word of God communicated to them. Maybe it's an adult son or daughter. Maybe it's a grandson or daughter. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a co-worker. Someone that you have just built up a relationship with over the months or the years. We have to be able to teach. We have to be able to clearly communicate the Word of God. So we are to be kind. When we're speaking to people, we are to be kind to them. We're to be patient. We're to listen well. We're to ask good questions. We're to care for the people in our lives. And then we are to take the opportunities that come our way to clearly communicate the truth of God's Word. If a family member tells you how angry they are at God, or if a friend says they wonder why all Christians are hypocrites, or if a co-worker says something off the cuff about someone who died, well, I guess they're a good person, so I guess we'll see him again someday. These, there are these entry points for the Gospel that are in our daily conversation. Listen for them. Listen for them. So many times... People are just saying stuff and it sounds off the cuff to us, but they are saying it to see how we react. They know that we're church people. They know that we believe stuff about this stuff in some, some general way. So they want to throw their just ideas out there and they want to hear what we have to say about it. This happens a lot, but listen for it. Let's take the opportunities that we, that we are given Perhaps you're thinking, I'm no good at that. Perhaps you're thinking, I, I, hear, I hear times 
where it would be great to just interject the gospel into this conversation. I hear, I hear it. I hear people say stuff. And just, I would love to be able to, at this moment, just talk about how good Jesus is. I, I encourage people all the time to say, this is why I'm thankful for Jesus. You can say it to a, you can say it to a Christian. You can say it to a non-Christian. When, when we are struggling, when we are, when we are overwhelmed, you can say it to a Christian or to a non-Christian. This is why I'm thankful for Jesus. Someone talks to you how angry they are at God. You talk about you talk about the only person who actually was innocent that was mistreated. You talk about the only person who ever was deserving, innocent, and righteous, and you talk about the way he was treated by God. You say, I'm no good at that. I'm no good at it. I know it's a good idea. I agree with the idea in principle, but I don't know how to do it. Um, one thing, let's, let's talk more about it. Come find me and we'll talk more about it. I'm not an expert, but I have lots of resources and helps. I can, we, can, we can have a good conversation about it. But just for today's purposes, just for this sermon, I have one suggestion. You want to get better at talking about Jesus with non-believers, which I think we all do. You want to get better at just saying in conversation, this is why I'm so thankful for Jesus. And you want to be able to say that to anybody. Practice on the Christians in your life. Practice on the Christians in your life. They need to hear about Jesus anyhow. They need to hear the gospel anyhow. We're never going to outgrow our need to hear about how good Jesus is. How good God is to us through the gospel. So let's make a habit of telling the people in our lives that are believers, telling them the gospel. I have, I have uh, children, some children, and, and, and um, some of them love to blame others for their sin. Right? And, and then I have other children who love to do anything to diffuse tension. Like if, like if, the, if, the, if, the, if the children as a whole, right, as their own little, as their own little, um, little group of anarchists have sinned against their parents, right? And so there is just this general discipline coming their way. And there is this tension in the house. The, the, some kids could care less, right? Some of my kids, they love tension. They love it. It's better than candy. Some of my children hate it. And so they'll take the blame for stuff that they didn't do just so everybody will be happy again. Anything to do to get rid of that tension, they'll take the blame for it. So I've got little blame shifters, and I've got kids who are taking the blame for stuff they didn't do. So we have all kinds of fun in our house. Both of those kids need to hear the gospel. Both of them need to hear the gospel. There are times my wife and I, usually we take turns, which is nice. We need to hear the gospel. I need to tell her and she needs to tell me. Because of Jesus, you are loved. He took 
the cruel cross. He took the wrath of God so He could bring you in. So, you, so, so He could say to you, you're, you're with Me. So He could put His arm around you and say to every, every devil and every, every bullying thought, this one's with Me. This one belongs to Me. I poured out His blood for Him. I pour, poured out my, my blood for her. That because of Jesus, God has cast my sin from the east to the west. He remembers it no more. He rejoices over me. When we are worried, when we are feeling the weight of condemnation, when we are struggling to resist temptation, we need to hear the Gospel. And so, a a wonderful way to, to get better, to develop the skill, to develop the ability of of sharing the Gospel, saying, here's why I'm thankful for Jesus to to people who don't yet know the Gospel. is to share it with the people who do. This is a great way to become able to teach. We all need to hear it. So let's listen for chances to say it. If you are a kind person, if you are a kind person, chances are you will earn yourself a hearing. People will feel safe and interested in what you have to say. If you are a kind person, it's not, I'm not guaranteeing it, but I'm, I'm saying, generally speaking, if you're a kind person, you will earn yourself a hearing. So I strongly encourage you to be ready to understand the Gospel in such a way that you can communicate it clearly. And then take the opportunities to do so. And that brings us to our fourth guideline. Patiently endure evil. Number four, patiently endure evil. Verse 24 yet again says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil. Because here's the thing. You can can do your best by the grace of God to follow Paul's um, teaching here. To do what Paul is calling you to do. You can do your best with the first three guidelines. You, you just stay away from foolish arguments. You're, you're kind as you as you're just as kind as you can be to everyone. You're, you're trying hard to be kind. The grace of God. And then when you get your chances, you communicate the truth clearly. You, you're, you're, you're kind. And then that person says something, and you're just like, you know what? This would be a great time to talk about Jesus. To talk about the way Jesus has, has rescued me from that kind of condemnation or that kind of anger or that kind of bitterness. It's a great way to talk. Great time to talk about Jesus. And so you do. You jump right in. You do everything Paul's asking you to do here. And people still completely reject you. In fact, they mistreat you. They're, they're cruel to you. One of the sweetest friends that my um, family has, she's a, she's a lady who, who was married for 30 years. Um, her husband never became a Christian. Never became a Christian. Uh, he, he would every once in a while come to church, but he generally thought the whole thing was pretty silly. And, and she was kind to him, and she and she did she avoided stupid arguments. She didn't get into she didn't get into these these arguments. 
And she could have with him, but she's like, we're not going to talk about that stuff. And she wasn't perfect, but, but when she had the chance, she would tell him the truth. She would, she would consistently communicate the truth. She, she probably did this stuff as well as any human I've known. Uh, but he turned his back on her, and he cheated on her, and he, he committed adultery, and he, and he just uh, and he mocked her with it. He lied to her. He betrayed her. And then he left her. She just patiently endured all of that. And you say, what happened? What's the, what's the end of the story? I don't know. It's not over yet. I don't know. But I do know this is what it's going to look like for us sometimes. It's what it's going to look like for us sometimes. We're going to do what God is asking us to do. And we're going to have to patiently endure evil for it. And it's because, down in verse 26, look at, look at verse 26. He says they're in, they're, they're, they're in the snare of the devil. They've, they've been captured by him to do his will. This will, this will help us as we're trying to patiently endure evil. As we're trying to be kind and gentle and truthful with the people in our lives to remember that, that they've been captured by the devil. They're in the snare of the devil. This is, a, this, is, this is really helpful when we're trying to stay patient. We're trying to stay out of these stupid arguments. We're trying to just prove that we're smarter than them. Of course we're smarter than them. God has opened our eyes to, to believe the gospel. That's not... That's, that's just... We've been rescued. We don't flaunt that. That should drive us to humility. We remember that our unbelieving friends are trapped. They're captured. Now, is it their own fault? Yes, and it was our own fault as well. Scripture is clear. Scripture is clear that sin is a choice, but sin is also enslavement. It is our choice and our will, but it's also our nature. These people are captured. They are trapped. They cannot wrangle themselves free. They cannot save themselves. This is why we're patient with them. And we're gentle with them. And we continue to tell them the truth. Because, number five, our fifth final guideline, we trust in the one who can set them free. We trust in the one who can set them free. Verses 25 and 26 say, we're correcting our opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. This is our great hope, isn't it? That God will use our gentle correction. He'll he'll use our kindness. He'll use our clear communication. And and he will grant them repentance. And, And if he does, there's nothing the devil can do about it. This is not a fair fight. If God grants them repentance, then they will come to their senses. They will come to a knowledge of the truth. They will escape the snare of the devil. So this is what we're praying for. This is why we're avoiding foolish controversies. This is why we are kind 
to everyone in our life. This is why we communicate the truth clearly. And this is why we have to, we, are, we, are, we patiently endure evil. Because we are hoping and praying that God will set them free. Are, are you struggling this morning with courage and motivation? I will confess to you that I am often struggling with courage and motivation. When it comes time to just be kind to people, to, to be gentle and patient with them, when it comes time to speak the truth, it's, it's, I, I'm probably better than I was ten years ago at being just kind and gentle with the people in my life. I'm still not great at it. But God is changing me and growing me and maturing me by His grace. His Spirit is wearing me out. He's making me gentler and kinder. Sometimes I have earned the opportunity to tell truth to the people in my life, and I get afraid. I get afraid. I lack courage and I lack motivation. A couple of things to remember as we think about this passage and as we head out today. A couple of things to remember. If you're struggling with motivation or courage, remember number one, remember that God in His grace brought you to your senses. The reason you are not ensnared by the devil right now to do His will, the reason you're not captured right now Because God in His grace brought you to your senses. And if you hadn't, you would be... I mean, if He hadn't, if He hadn't done this, you'd still be His opponent. You'd be captured by the devil and you'd be on your way to hell. And then number two, remember how kind and gentle Jesus is with you. Remember how kind and gentle Jesus is with you. He he calls you to submit to the truth, for sure. We don't follow Jesus without following His Word. He doesn't sugarcoat the truth. If you're going to follow Him, you have to do life His way. But remember how gentle He is. I've said this a lot recently because it has just been on my mind recently. Think of all the times Jesus could have hung you out to dry. How many times He could have just exposed you Shown everybody your ridiculous sin. Shown everybody my ridiculous sin. He doesn't do that, though. He's kind and he's patient. You will feel weak and you will feel tired and you will feel unprepared as you are given opportunities to speak the truth. You, It can be hard for us. As you are looking for courage, and as you are looking for motivation, remember the deep love of our Father. Remember that God crushed His kind and gentle Son to bring you in, to bring you to your senses. Let's pray together. God, we thank You for Your love. Thank You for Your Word. Thank You for this passage. I pray that You would continue to work it into my heart and into my life. Help me to believe it. Help me to submit to it. Help me, God. I pray that you do that for all of us. Help us not to excuse ourselves, 
from this. God, we only have... We, we can only focus in on, on so many things in this life. We can only be good at so many things in this life. Help us to believe. Help me to believe. Help all of us to believe, God, that by Your grace, You can, you can make us good at this stuff. You can make us better and better and better at being kind and gentle and courageously speaking the truth. You can help us to become better communicators. You can do this, God. Help us to believe that. And help us to remember that You, Your deep love for us, You crushed Your kind and gentle Son to bring us to our senses. Help us to remember that, God. And help us to correct our opponents with gentleness. In Christ's name, Amen.